Thanks for checking out this episode. Money is emotional. Christine says she is your financial lifeguard. She shared that until you are willing to track your spending, you'll never have control of your finances. She says that money likes to be managed, and if you don't know how, it will find somebody else who will. But before we jump into the interview, let me tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. So please stick around and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Tea. I'm your host, Tanya Tyler, and I'm excited because I have Miss Christine Lucan on. And today she is the founder of the Financial Dignity Movement. And we're going to talk about money today because uh, I'm not a financial expert, but she is. So before we get started, Miss <laughs> Christine, how are you handling this whole COVID-19? Ah, you know what? Um, I'm handling it great. I have actually had an influx of clients because I think people realize that it's time to get your money stuff together. And uh, this isn't something that we can ignore. Um, and I know from personal experience because in my 20s, I crashed and burned financially despite having an accounting degree. And so I understand that it's not just knowing what to do. It's also <clears throat> understanding that money is emotional. And um, I think today you said you wanted to talk about why budgets don't work. Yes. Yeah. So this comes up all the time when, I am, uh, when I'm talking to clients, when I'm talking to people in my membership group. And the problem with traditional budgets is... First of all, when you hear the word budget, what do you think of? Constraint. Constraint. You think of discipline. You think of, I don't get to have any fun. It's the same connotation as a diet. Like if you, right. if I were to ask you, are you excited about going on a diet? You're like, no, I'm excited about having a donut. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. So. Yeah. And so there's so much negative connotation about the budget. And so I don't even like to use that term because when people think about it, they think about the extreme version. Um, I like to refer to your financial plan as a prosperity plan. Oh, I like and that. part of your prosperity plan is your spending plan. And so with traditional budgets, they're focused on what you can't have. A lot of time they're very extreme um, and it is, it pushes you so far out of your comfort zone than what you're used to. You know, you're pretty much asked to completely change everything about your life in a very short period of time. And so most people, they might start into it with good intentions, but our mindsets and our habits are very powerful things. And as soon as things get uncomfortable or we get stressed out, we get pulled back into our old habits. And then what happens is we feel bad about ourselves, right? We start to feel ashamed. You know, this is what I call the cycle of money shame, right? You know, you make a mistake, you fall off the wagon, you feel ashamed. And when you feel ashamed, it makes you want to hide and not get the help that you need. 
And so that was one of the reasons why I started the financial dignity movement is because that's really what I want for people in their finances. I want people to wake up every morning and feel good about where they are financially, even if they haven't arrived yet. You know, they have a plan, they're working their plan, um, and they're seeing tangible improvements day by day, week by week. And it's very similar to a healthy eating plan. So if we think about, you know, I don't want to go on a diet, but I do want to have a healthy eating plan. And with a healthy eating plan, there's room for portion controlled fun, right? Um, I could have a donut once a month on a healthy eating plan, but you probably can't have one once a day. Right. right, right <laughs> that would right. be too much sugar. Right. Yeah. So, you know, when I'm when I'm helping my clients design their prosperity plan, especially when we're looking at the spending portion of it, what we get really deep into is what's important to you and your family. Mm-hmm. Let's really decide what things are important to you, not to somebody else. Because that's one of the other problems with traditional, traditional budgets is that they're very cookie cutter. It's, you know, follow this formula. You should spend 5% of your, uh, you know, your net income on clothing. You should spend 10% on food. And they lay out all these percentages and you're supposed to shove yourself in there and make it fit. And so if my husband and I don't have kids in the house our spending plan is going to look totally different from that of my best friend who has five children, right? Right, right. They're going to spend a larger percentage of their income on food because they have more people in the house. So that's one of the things that I talk about with my clients is we, we get a really good understanding of what's their family situation, what's important to them. Um, You know, I have some clients who have, you know, like private school is extremely important to them. To other clients, they don't care about that. To other clients, you know, going to sporting events with their family is really important. That's the way they bond together. So it's really a matter of looking at what are those priorities. And then we say, okay, well, how are you spending money now? Because most people don't keep track of what they're spending money on, right? Right. Um, They might keep track of what's actually in their bank account and how much they have left to spend. But that can be a very interesting reality check for a lot of people when we actually go through and say, let's add this up and see exactly what are you spending on entertainment? What are you spending on on groceries and eating out and all of this other good stuff? Because sometimes we come to the conclusion that they're wasting money on stuff that's not even important to them. Right. And until you actually start paying attention and being mindful with your spending, we can't even figure that out. Right. So one of the tools that I have access to that I love and it's free um, is a budgeting app called Ask Zeta. So it's A-S-K-Z-E-T-A. Now it is designed for couples, but single people can also use it as well. Um, it's similar to Mint, but I actually like it a little bit better. I think the look is, um, is cleaner. It's a little simpler to use. But what it does is it, you link your bank accounts where you're spending money. So, you know, credit cards, checking accounts, et cetera. It pulls it into all, all into one place. And then you can actually go in and set your spending categories. um, And it learns from you. So as soon as you say that um, McDonald's is eating out, it will recognize in the future that McDonald's is eating out and it'll always classify it that way. 
And the great thing is with using an online app to track your spending, you can see in real time where you are compared to your goal. Right. So it helps you to make better choices in the moment because if you're not tracking things, you might be thinking, I don't think we've really eaten out that much this month. Yeah, we can eat out, right? But you know, if you're only checking things once a month, then it's like you get to the end of the month and you're like, oh my gosh, we have completely blown our budget, right? We've, right, we've right. completely ruined uh, our plans here. So having those, um, having an app like that, and you know, if, if you're, if your listeners are already using something else that they like, if they're using a mint.com or a lot of banks actually have a spending tracker built in to the online banking, um, if they're not doing that, then they're not going to have control of their finances. And money likes to be managed. I always tell people money is either your best employee or your worst nightmare. So if our listeners will think about the last boss that they reported to um, or their current boss, it would be very weird if you walked into your boss's office and said, hey, boss, um, you know, it's one o'clock. I, I finished everything on my plate. Is there something else you need me to do? It would be totally weird if your boss hid under his desk until you went away. Right. Right. They would be, you'd be like, what are you doing? Like, it's your job to manage me. But there's so many people that do the equivalent of that with their money. Right. And right. then they're surprised when they don't have any, you know, money wants to be managed. And if you're not going to manage it, well, it will go find somebody else who will. Wow. Right? That's so, a thought. Never thought about like that. That's great. Yes. Yes. That's super important. I like how you mentioned, um, so basically it's, it's not budgets, mainly, as you say, go towards tracking. Yeah, I don't like to call it a budget because it's so extreme, but yes, we do need to be aware of our spending. We need to be tracking our spending. Let's use technology to our advantage. Um, so most of my clients call it their spending plan or their prosperity plan. So to me, a prosperity plan is much more than just spending. When I talk about the prosperity plan for my clients, it also includes things like their debt reduction plan, their savings plan, you know, their major goals for the future and those kinds of things. But spending is where it all starts, right? If we're not, if we don't have a good handle on our spending, we're not gonna be able to save money, at least to the level that we want to. We're not gonna be able to invest for retirement at the level we want to. And it's really hard to pay off debt if your spending's out of control. So awareness and control over your spending is the foundation for personal finance. Oh, okay. I always yeah. hear that the phrase that awareness is the key. So truly awareness is the key. And yes. so why, uh, I think we talked about a little bit more is why do people feel so emotionally charged when they talk about money? Oh my gosh, like we could do a whole nother session on this one. <laughs> um, so what people need to understand is that you cannot take the emotion out of money. And the reason why is that the moment of decision happens in the same part of the brain that processes emotion. So we literally can't take emotion out of it. But what we can do is we can be aware 
of our emotions around money. We can explore those emotions around money and we can also rewrite those negative emotions that we might have around money. Um, I'm a very big fan of having positive money affirmations and positive self-talk because your subconscious mind wants you to agree with yourself. So if you walk around saying, I never have any money, I'm always broke, I'll never get ahead, your subconscious mind is like, noted, you're always broke, you'll never get ahead, you never have any money. And there's a part of your brain that acts as a filter. And we literally have billions of stimuli coming at us every second. And if we didn't have this filter, we'd be like a little puddle on the ground, right? We would just be completely (laughs) overwhelmed. So what this filter does, it's called the reticular activating system. What it does is it allows things through that are important to you. And it only knows if it's important to you, if you're thinking about it and if you're saying it. So what will happen is if you're saying things like, I'm always broke, I'll never get ahead, it's hard to make money, anything that is counter to that, your filter, your reticular activating system will literally not allow you to see those things. Okay. So if there's a money-making opportunity that would be fairly easy where you, you know, money could flow to you easily and in a large amount, that doesn't agree with what you're saying to yourself, that I never have any money, making money is hard, your brain will actually block you from seeing that. And so our brains can either be our best friend or our worst enemy. And uh, that's why I tell people, like, the worst thing that you can do for your finances is to say things like that. Mm, So words matter. They matter a lot. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) They absolutely do. Okay. Well, Ms. Christine, I always ask, and I always want to know, where does this passion for learning about money or your, your love of money come from? Well, I think it really came from the fact that I went through this myself. You know, when I hit financial rock bottom at 26, um, it was because a good portion of it was due to the fact that I had been engaged to a guy who had horrible money habits. Um, it was a dysfunctional relationship there. Trust me, there were more problems than just the money, but, um, there was a lot of shame and embarrassment for me because I was an accountant. Mm, I was actually okay. working for my family's business as the accountant. And yet, you know, by the time I hit financial rock bottom, I owed three payday lenders, I was behind on my car payment. Um, If it's possible for a credit score to be negative, mine might have been. I mean, (laughs) it 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 was a very humbling and a very shameful time for me. Now, fortunately, uh, my dad came alongside me and was very gracious. And, you know, he did not make me feel bad about my mistakes. Um, You know, he helped me to make a plan and, and move forward, which is what I do for people right now. And so... What I, what I want to accomplish is not just to let people know that you don't have to feel bad about your finances because there's a good reason why you've been doing what you're doing. It's because you have this faulty programming in your subconscious mind about money. And until you can start to uncover that and fix that, that's really what's going to help you move forward. So, you know, it also really bothers me when financial professionals like CPAs, accountants, financial planners make people feel ashamed 
for their money mistakes because that's counterproductive. Right. Well, I, that's really, I mean, like I so said, we, we had a little bit of a chit chat about this. So yeah, I can understand. So yeah. What's the one thing you would really like to leave the listeners with? Just for them to understand that money is emotional and that the key to winning with money is to learn how to harness the power of their positive emotions um, and how to short circuit their negative emotions so that they can achieve that lasting financial dignity. Um, and I actually do have a free gift for, um, for your listeners. If they go to moneyisemotional.com, they can download the first uh, several chapters of my book, Money is Emotional, Prevent Your Heart from Hijacking Your Wallet. And in those first three chapters, I dig pretty deep into what we're talking about right now, about why money is emotional, um, how to uncover those negative things that you think and say, and how to rewrite them into positives. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. I, lo- I love the, like, we can, like I said, harness this conversation a whole lot more. Cause like, so we're just touching the tip of the iceberg. Yes. So, <laughs> so where can people find more information about you and your services? Sure. Um, they can go to christinelucan.com or like I said, if they, if they go to moneyisemotional.com, that's just going to take them to the book page on my website. Um, I have so much free information on there. If they click on the blog link, they can search um, different personal finance topics. So if they're concerned about debt or savings or communicating with their significant other about money, there's tons of articles on there that will give them very practical suggestions to start moving forward. Well, thank you, Miss Christine. You had a wealth of knowledge and I, <laughs> I would like to invite you to come back again. Would you be willing yes, to come back? Yes, absolutely. I could talk about this stuff for like three hours. So <laughs> 20 <laughs> minutes is not enough. <laughs> I know eventually money has to come around. So, you know, I'm not an expert, but I invite folks who are. So thank you for coming. Yes. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. Thank you. And I want to remind those who are checking in that feedback is always welcome. Please email us if you have any guests or show ideas you'd like to see. And I will have all Christine's links posted in the comments. Please like, share, and subscribe. And remember, take things in stride, go with the flow, and create your own path. And again, thank you, Christine, for your wealth of knowledge.